are listening to Spitball with Adri Paul Holt Mellows and Marcus Innuendo Bingo Henson. Hello and welcome to this new NFL season on Spitball. I'm your host, Adri Bullhawk Mallows. Joining me, as always, is Marcus Innuendo Bingo Henson. How are you, buddy? Hey, I'm really good, thank you. Um, fantastic, yeah. Buzzing football is back, baby. That's it. The long wait is finally over since the end of January, beginning of February time to now. Here we are in September. Sometimes I think that wait is just far too long. Yeah, I mean, you do sit there and you get the normally about by March time, you get the withdrawal symptoms and then you start to get back into it and life sort of carries on. And then you know what? This thing comes about in August preseason, just to almost like once you hit like the start of December, you know Christmas is coming or maybe November. Well, when you hit August in the preseason, you know NFL's coming. Yeah, boy, football is back. So excited. We've just had all of the week one action and it's crazy, isn't it? You wait so long for football to come back and then before you know it, blink and week one is done and dusted. Yeah, it is in the books. When we come back, we will be bringing you our quickfire recap of the week one action. It's football on your phone, you can watch it in bed Take it with you, wherever you go Show your friends and watch them all go Okay, so this year being a new season, we thought we'd have a slightly new format to the show. So with that said, we are going to be bringing you a quickfire recap of all of the week one action. Well, what does quickfire mean? It simply means myself and Marcus have 30 seconds each to talk about each game in turn. So we're going to do eight games each to cover all 16 games for you. Obviously, during the bye weeks, it'll be a bit less. But we are going to start things off with the Thursday night game between the Patriots and the Steelers. So here I go. Firstly, I don't think either defense turned up. When you look at the yardage in this game, both teams had three, four hundred yards plus of offense each. Brady is back. His suspension got overturned. What a difference he makes to that New England team. It runs quickly. It runs smoothly. And I think at one stage, he had 19 completed passes uh, in a row. So... Brady is back, lots of yardage, no defense, Pats win as usual. Marcus. Well, let's head over to the Windy City, Chicago versus Green Bay. Nice little game this was. It was kind of Kind of like a, a big mismatch. I know a lot of people coming into the season wondering who's going to step up in Jordan Nelson's place. Are the Bears uh, sort of had it? Well, you know what? They definitely haven't had it as far as the run game. Matt would say had a blistering game, but ultimately for me, it was the fact is the Packers offense is just too strong. Came out for a nice little cheeky win here. 31-23 points. Now we move on to Kansas versus Houston. Same old Kansas this year. Will a wide receiver ever score a touchdown for the Kansas City Chiefs? Is a question I find myself constantly asking. Who knows? Travis Kelsey had a monster game. Some good catches. What else can I say about this game? Houston couldn't quite decide on the starting quarterback. Got into the third quarter. They decided to switch over from Brian Hoyer to uh, Ryan Mallett. And... Kansas blowout. That says it all. I'm now going to take us over to the Sunshine State. We're talking Florida. We're talking Jaguars versus Panthers. And for us, you know, it's just the same again. You know, Jaguars, I am so sorry for your Jaguars 
Chris Van. It just seems to be the same thing each year. The, you know, no offensive line can protect Bortles. He can't seem to pass the game. And Panthers still have a strong defense. And that was shown here today. Cam just sort of controlled the game. So they could run out easy winners, 20 points to nine. Now we come on to the Cleveland Browns versus the New York slash New Jersey Jets. I really don't like calling them New York Jets. And I'm going to waste a lot of my 30 seconds talking about how there is only one team in New York and it's not the New York Jets. Anyway, also in this game, we saw a, unfortunately a bad concussion to Josh McCown when he tried to score a running touchdown, but it was a great sort of knockout by linebacker forcing the fumble. Manziel came in. Manziel didn't do very good. Jets came out winners. I'm not going to bounce this over to AFC West. AFC West, we're talking Broncos versus Ravens. This was kind of a, a hugely contested game. A lot of defensive action here. A lot of big hard hitting. In fact, so much hard hitting we saw Terrell Suggs having to leave the game, unfortunately. Manning didn't look his best, but at the same time, he managed to sort of work in some sort of run game so that way we can find ourselves sitting there at the end of the day the Broncos were able to come up out on top 19 points to 13. We come on now to the San Diego Chargers versus Detroit Lions. Lions took the early initiative few early touchdowns taking I think it was a 21-0 lead. Abdullah getting a touchdown score on his first run. He's a great rookie running back this year but Chargers managed to work their way back into it. Philip Rivers found Keenan Allen kept finding Keenan Allen and I think as they say the rest is history. I'm now going to head over to St. Louis where we had one of the the most hottest contested games, I think, of the week, where you got this divisional rivalry against Seattle Seahawks. And it came into the game that actually it was really defensive, as we thought it would be. But Nick Foles managed to get a nice run going. That The fact that he goes to spread the ball around a lot. St. Louis were up ahead, but, oh, you can't count out those Seahawks. Oh, no, 18 points in the fourth quarter to come back. Bring it to overtime. Overtime down to Greg, the leg sirline, putting the Rams up by three. And that inevitably... He led to a, a drive for the Seattle Seahawks. And what you know, they run it this time with Marshall Lynch, doesn't get it. That means Rams end up winning 34-31. I'm going to come on now to the Tennessee Titans versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This was, of course, the battle of the two first-round draft picks from this year. Jameis Winston versus Marcus Mariota. Who was going to come out on top? For me personally, and I'm not just saying this because of the result, Mariota was always and should have been the number one choice for me. He is the more polished quarterback and he's going to fit a lot better into the NFL schemes. Winston, to quote Marcus, is too used to winning and that's why he's having bad luck. Titans won this one. Darren. Desert we go. We've got Cardinals versus Saints. Cardinals uh, with Carson Palmer under centre. Now, he wasn't even touched all game, you know, really. Uh, for me, Saints' defence didn't put any pressure on him. meant he could be so comfortable in the pocket. Uh, Saints on the other side just couldn't really get anything established. Great Cardinal defence. That meant Cardinals managed to comfortably sail to this one, 31-19. I'm going to head over now to the NFC East and bring you the Giants versus the Cowboys. This was the late night Sunday game. Always in the NFC East, every single team, regardless of the year. This division is always close. You never know who's going to win it. Giants looked like they were in control of the game. Right near the end, they found themselves in a similar situation to the Super Bowl. Do they run it in and score? Do they play for time? Running back runs it in, and what happens? You leave Cowboys too much time. They manage to go down the other end and sneak that winning touchdown with a few seconds left on the clock. Unlucky Giants. Heading over now to Oakland, we've got Raiders versus Bengals. And, you know, bless it, Raiders, same thing every year now, it seems to be. But you know what? Uh, Derek Carr, starting quarterback, gets injured. Second quarter, Matt McGloin comes in, cannot do it for them. Bengals played a little bit dirty in this game. I didn't like that, but at the same time, they did what they needed to do. Andy Dalton looking sharp. 
Jeremy Hill as well. 33 to 13 point winners they ended up. Going to take a trip over to Maryland now where the Washington Redskins hosted the Miami Dolphins on paper. This looked like it was going to be a Dolphins blowout, but it was far from it. A close game all the way through. Some great plays on both sides of the ball. The best one probably being the interception from the Dolphins. And I'm hoping Marcus can help me out with the defender's name. Bryce McCain? Exactly. Bryce McCain. Thank you very much, my friend. I know I can rely on you when I need the information. Yep. An absolutely amazing one-handed catch. You can see the highlight for it. If you go to the uh, blog on our website, The Lowdown, you'll see it in the top five catches of the week. Dolphins managed to squeak a win. So everyone in the AFC East this week has come away with a win. (laughs) And now down to Georgia in the Georgia Dome, we've got Falcons versus Eagles. This run came down to actually a great start for Atlanta. Came out looking really hot, 20 points to three at the half. But you know what? Eagles always find a way of getting back into the game, got con- uh, contentious. But Falcons managed to come in, sneak it in with that last last minute score and end up winners at home to start off the season, 26 points to 24. And you know what? I can't believe I've done this, but I haven't talked about the Bills-Colts game yet, have I? <laughs> so I'm saying everyone in the AFC East is a winner, but here we go. Anyway, Bills versus Colts going into the game. Everyone thinks you'd have started Andrew Luck in fantasy. Everyone was talking about how great he was going to be, maybe playing down that Bills defense. But I tell you what, Rex Ryan's first home game at the Ralph was always going to be a Bills win. And I'm not just saying that. Because, well, actually, I am just saying that because I'm a Bills fan. But Bills defense ruled. It took the Colts till the fourth quarter to score. Great performance by the Bills. I'm going to stop now before I just keep harping on about it. I guess that means me to, to leave off with our Monday night game we had 49ers versus the Vikings and really this was one where everyone sort of came in all about AP well guess what AP didn't even get rolling all day all half the day really in this case it was all about Carlos Hyde his running performance was great also the defense of 49ers kept right on track so for them they managed to come out 20 points to three winners at home to start off the season well, that wraps it up for our quick fire recap. I hope you like our new way of looking at the week's action. We figure it's the best way to give you a, a brief insight into all the games and do what we do best and just spit the ball. Now, when we come back, we will be going through our weekly thoughts more in depth as well as giving you our impact player. Who are you? I don't even know your name. What's your name? Turn around. Let me see your name. Turn around. Let me see your name. Turn around. I don't know you, bro. You're having one of those days! Hey, baby! You're having one of those days! I say that to say this. If you wouldn't have did what you would have did, then we wouldn't have been where we was at to get what we got. That just don't make no sense, dog. Marcus! Put your shoe on! Put it on! Shit! I can't finish with these gloves. <laughs> I'm my teeth. I think I tripped my tooth. I wish I had some gold so you can bite me some teeth. Okay, so now we move on to our weekly thoughts and later in this segment, our impact player of the week. That's right. This year, we're kind of getting rid of our two awards from last year and just giving you one impact player instead. But first, like I say, weekly thoughts. I just want to come back, Marcus, to the Tom Brady suspension that never was. Just before the season started, Tom Brady's four-game suspension got overturned in a court of law. Quite frankly, I'm not sure, having read the Wells report, absolutely it should have got overturned. But what are your thoughts, Marcus? You know, I thought this was a nice little media storm, and it is something, because let's face it, they they love the -the off-the-field issues. You know, this isn't just a sport, it's it's a whole entertainment um, package, so therefore, you know, 
when football's not being played, we got to have something to talk about, haven't we? And yeah, I, f- I found this was a, a bit more spin than, than Truth could actually portray. Yeah, absolutely. And you only have to look back at the last one, the old Spygate. I was reading back through that and you can see actually the claims for that actually got dropped. So again, that's something that was never actually proven. Although we're led to believe that the Patriots were filming the opposition defensive signals and things like that, those claims got recanted. So, you know, everyone wants to think of the Patriots as a dirty, cheating team. But at the end of the day, they're just better than everyone else. Fact. Yeah, I mean, Belichick's got his system. He knows how to coach his system and he knows how to coach it well and with success and I don't think you can blame the guy for that and I think like you say sometimes people like to sit there and think he's got to be doing something he's got to be it's that it's that denial isn't it that you know they can't just be better now they've got to be doing something they've got to be be cheating they've got to be stacking the odds in their favour that sort of thing and I think it's just always going to be a case that you know everyone loves a good ju- juicy sort of like story like in this case and, and the NFL's no different and I'm going to flip now to the other team from the Super Bowl, the Seahawks, and come on to their big news. And really, that is Cam Chancellor holding out on his contract. Now, let's bear in mind this player, great as he is, don't get me wrong, before I start this rant, I just want to say I think Cam Chancellor is one of the best safeties in the game. And there's not many safeties that you can bring down and play as like a linebacker and is feared like a linebacker, um, like Cam Chancellor is. But... He's holding out with three years left on his contract. I'm sure he has legitimate reasons to do so, or in his head he has legitimate reasons to do so. But in my opinion, you sign a deal with a club or franchise, as it were. I've got to get my terminology back into Americanisms (laughs) rather than English clubs. But you sign a deal, the idea being that you see out that contract, right? If you sign an agreement, don't you honour it? Yes, well, that's that's the idea, isn't it? That you're saying that you pay me the money, I'll go do my job, my job is to play this, this this game of football for you um, and then X number of years for X amount of money you agreed to this what a couple of years ago you've got three years left of this agreement uh, yet you want to change it and sort of strike up a new deal like you said at the same time you've got your you know in writing that you'd honour this deal that's what a contract is it's a written agreement of that um, that I don't know that sort of your, that's your word isn't it it's in, in written form you know you're, what you're saying is that's a what I would do I would do what you say right there on this bit of paper trying to to change what is there I guess uh, we were saying this the other day maybe it's just a very British thing that if you I agree to do something I've written it down in contract I'm going to do it you know or maybe it's just a case of that I think now like most sports they get to the point where you know you've seen it in in European football in soccer is that there's, there's too much money now and that therefore players now know the their own value um, to, to that of their club and sport and stuff like that. And the whole you're not bigger than the club mentality has sort of died off too much to a degree. Yeah, and I think, you know, I'm sure the agents probably have something to do with it as well. And again, you know, don't get me wrong. I don't want people to think this is me hating on Cam Chance. I just think, A, he's an absolutely phenomenal player and I really want to see him on the field. I don't want to see him holding out for whatever reason he's decided to do so. I want to see that guy playing and smashing people at the line of scrimmage or trying to block a field goal by jumping over the line of scrimmage. All the stuff we've seen from him in the past just makes him an absolutely outstanding athlete. Let's just get paid. If you want to work out a bigger contract, I can totally understand that. You know, at the end of the day, we all want to get paid more. But when we all want to get paid more, we all also work until we get paid more. So, you know, that's just the one thing I think that I have the biggest grief with. But I'm going to leave that there because it's a bit of a bit of a rant <laughs> for the first show back. Let's move on to some other news. I mean, Marcus, what are some of your thoughts from this week? Uh, my biggest thought of this week is how the injury bug 
did a round and a half on teams this week. Absolutely. I mean, it was just a bit crazy how um, some some big names as well, you know, weren't weren't sort of uh, exempt from this. You know, the likes of Terrell Suggs, uh, starting QBs, got hit a lot. Josh McCowan, Derek Carr, linebackers definitely seem to get hit. You know, um, Sam Burriton of um, Green Bay Packers went out quite bad. Didn't like the look of that. I'm trying to think of the core. Or no, Cromartie went down for the Jets. It was just a bit crazy. It's, I know it's the first week back, but you've had preseason, uh, you've had mini camp and training camp. So I'm guessing these, these guys, their bodies are kind of ready to go, surely. And yet it just seemed to be week one. I guess like, the intensity steps up and so does the rate of injury. Of course. And there's one name there that you missed off your injury list there. One that's quite a monster one that's going to be out at least probably six to eight weeks. And that is Des oh, Bryant. Des Bryant, his of course. Foot. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that is a massive loss for the Cowboys. I mean, where do they find another Des Bryant? Well, like you said, I mean, if you're, if you're out there now, what you call it? Yeah, fantasy owners frantically trying to fill a void. But yeah, as far as the Cowboys, you need people to step up. You know, there is that whole sort of like, there is another guy to fill the guy's shoes. Whether he can fill up to Des Bryant's level, no. So what you need to do is you need to have two or three people who take on that to production and give Tony Romo options. But it's just it was just, for me, the amount of people who were getting hurt this week just was a little bit crazy when you sort of like, you saw what happened. Um, you know, maybe this is just week one. And, you know, people weren't ready, but it just, for me, that was the biggest shot. It's just like the amount of times, you know, we're watching, whatever you guys were watching, um, watching Red Zone and they'd cut away and some guy would be down and they'd sit and go, nah, that person's still down, the car's out uh, with him or whatnot. So the amount of times you sort of, you, you panned back to a game just to see a player still injured or something like that. You're like, this is getting silly, you know? I totally agree and it's a shame to have seen so many injuries this week and we can only hope that like you say it's just a a week one bug but we know also at the same time unfortunately injuries are as much a part of the sport as as touchdowns and everything else a couple of things I want to finish off on you mentioned fantasy there obviously we have our Aylesbury Vale Spartans fantasy league that we're both a part of and as the draw would have it both in the same division faced off against each other this week and um, I have to ask you as it's still quite fresh in our brains how did we tie? (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea. This this was like crazy because, of course, you sit there and um, and for us, we we don't, especially in Monday night games, if you've got someone running into a Monday night game, you just hope to wake up on Tuesday morning and everything's rosy, you know. And I woke up and I was just like, what? Um, It was just craziest thing each when you suddenly see 178 points, 178 points. You're like, what? Uh, But yeah, what is week one? Maybe we've uh, still got some bugs in our system too that we're still <laughs> picking exactly the same it's crazy isn't it because as well with our draft it's not like the NFL UK where you kind of you pick the same player or you can pick the same players from the same games this was the ESPN uh, fantasy football completely different set of players but somehow I managed to claw back over 15 points to come out of a draw when I saw that this morning my brother I was over the moon I was just like similar to you I was like what but in a different way. <laughs> Absolutely. And we'll probably for legal reasons, we should mention there are other fantasy leagues out there. Uh, yes, there are indeed other fantasy leagues out there other than NFL UK and ESPN. You have NFL.com and a whole series of others. Anyway, <laughs> one <laughs> final question to finish off on, because I can see we're probably getting a little bit long time-wise. Is Jay Cutler good enough for the Bears? <laughs> well, you know what? Everyone keeps sitting there like harping on about him. And you know what? He wasn't that that he didn't do that badly. I think. I mean, protection wise and stuff. What were you watching? What, what were you what watching? I, Come on. What was I watching? 
Tell, tell you one thing. I, I was watching the same things I because I'm an uh, as as a Rams fan. I was watching Sam Bradford's game right against Atlanta. And you know what? He played awful in that first half. And you know why he played awful? Because he has a linebacker in his face. It's very difficult to throw when you have a linebacker in your face. And Jay Cutler spent most of the game with either Clay Matthews or one of the other linebacking core in his face. I mean, Green Bay sent a blitz almost every single down. So are you saying that Jay Cutler has had a bad offensive line his whole time in Chicago? No, he has not had a bad time. And <laughs> most Some Bears fans are going to be like, stop ragging on him. Some Bears fans are like, get him out. But I honestly think the guy's got a skill set that could be... Is it an NFL skill set? Why has he been in this league so long if he can't actually play the game? The guy can play the game. The problem is, I think now he's got to a point where the off-the-field stuff, sort of like the the media storm and stuff like that. You know, does he believe in himself to, to be the, the, the lead of this team? That's one thing he's going to have to ask himself because, I mean, as well, the problem is a lot of the people who had his back in that dressing room, you think like uh, Marshall and stuff like that, they're gone. So could it just be him trying to sort of like fly his own flag in the dressing room, getting guys you no know, rally behind me? Um, we'll have to see. You know what? It's going to be it's going to be quite an interesting in sort of matchup to see because I think the next game is going to be the one where, you know, you're at home, uh, you got Arizona coming to town, and I think you have to sort of come away with a win. Otherwise, 0-2 in that division isn't going to be pretty. Indeed. Well, we'll leave that there, and I won't go on any more Cutler rants, I promise, at least for another week anyway. <laughs> but I nearly forgot, we've got to come back to our Impact Player of the Week. So, Marcus, I shall let you start. Oh, we're getting started now? Yeah. Okay, drum roll. My impact player of the week is going to the quite awesomely named Marcus Mariota. Quarterback nice from Tennessee. Did some great, great name, by the way. Why do I like his name so much? I've I got no idea. Probably for the same reasons that I have a thing against Jay Cutler. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, for me, it was always going to be interesting because the matchup just seemed like made in movie heaven, you know. Number one pick going against number two. Um, he had to go into Tampa as well so it was like it was a case of like trial by fire and you know what he he passed with flying colors 13 completions from 16 attempts that's 83 percent you know um four touchdowns as well I mean how you couldn't ask for a better game I mean really and that's for me the way he came through that sort of like it's your first NFL it's your NFL regular season debut right and they've kicked up a media storm because you versus James and Winston so you know what that's what everyone's just going to want to see what you're doing but he just went out ran his own game and you know what okay it was against the Tampa defense but you know you can only beat who's put in front of you and boy did he beat them up uh, well, yeah, he also had a perfect quarterback rating as well, didn't he, at the end of the game, I believe, a 158.3. Yes, that perfect score, 158.3. Yes, weirdest, weirdest perfect rating ever. But yeah, he was absolutely perfect as you can be, you know, 209 yards. He didn't have to, like, go out and throw, like, for 500 or something stupid like that. What he did do is just keep running that game, and it sort of, it beat Tampa. But that's me done. That is my impact player. Actually, who's yours? Well, my friend, my impact player of the week is Tom Brady. I can hear the size already. I mentioned earlier about his performance, but I mean, you can't fault the guy. Everything he's been through in the offseason, having to try and clear his name. He came out Thursday night football, 25 out of 32, 288 yards, four touchdowns. Of course, it does help when you're throwing to the ground. But even still, 
everything he's been through. One stage, 19 in a row, completed passes. This guy is the real deal. He's going into the Hall of Fame. And that, for me, is how you show everyone that you are the best of the best of the best, sir, with honours. Oh, yeah. I mean, I stayed up till stupid o'clock, like half four in the morning, watched that uh, kickoff game. And you, you know what? He made that Pittsburgh secondary look stupid. I mean... They, they just had no clue for what he could do. He just had all day to stand in the pocket. I think he got sacked once, and that was it. I mean, the guy, like you say, give him that time, he will just decimate you. We're going to finish our weekly thoughts, etc. there, and join us when we come back for the final part of our show. I think, I think coaches win players, and I think managers win their employees. So... I think, I think players win games and coaches win players. And I've never seen a coach score a touchdown. And I've never, I've never seen a coach make a tackle. Um, and therefore, if you think as a coach that you can scheme yourself to success and scheme your kids to success, you're so wrong. Okay, so we come on now to the final part of our show, and we are going to look ahead to the week two action by bringing you our game of the week and also our... So, Marcus, I want to come to you first and see what game are you most looking forward to in the week two schedule? Game I'm really looking forward to is Dallas at Philly. I mean, this is going to be nice little division official matchup but oh boy does it have a lot of sort of going on potential i mean we're sitting there going okay divisional matches are important anyway but how about dallas now everyone's gonna be like what are you going to do in philadelphia it's kind of like like you you talked a lot of talk in the off season didn't show much walking except for that second half against atlanta so you guys best start so for me at home in lincoln financial field philadelphia need a win dallas need to keep this ball rolling. So that's why I'm looking forward to that game. What about you, mate? My game of the week this week is going to be a rematch from the NFC playoffs last year, and that is the infamous Seattle versus Green Bay game I'm referring to. The Seahawks go into Lambeau Field again in week two, and you can guarantee that crowd is going to be so pumped because they want to beat the Seahawks and show them so bad that that little fluke win last year is what they're going to call it, a fluke win, a fluke comeback. Uh, Green Bay are going to look to dominate this game. Rogers is going to look to exploit the fact that Cam Chancellor's back there. Eddie Lacy's going to love the fact that Cam Chancellor's not playing still. So <laughs> this, for me, is going to be a great game to see how that Seattle defense copes with Eddie Lacy and the great passing ability of Aaron Rodgers. Now we're going to finish off this segment with our Marcus. My swing of the week, if you guys are looking for a dead zone, well, I've got Miami taking a trip up the Florida coastline to Jacksonville. Jacksonville looked woeful. Miami kind of looked woeful as well against Washington. Managed to eke out a win, really. And I think they're going to stamp out some things in training. They're going to look to come back stronger and sort of cement. Uh, that was just a bad week one performance. We're going to really bring it on now. So you know what? I'm talking about a 70 to 30 point swing to Miami's favor. We're talking something nasty, like close to 20 points better off. And yeah, if you guys want some decent fancy, I'd pick up, say, a, a Tannehill or Lamar Miller or someone. So Donald like Landry, Jarvis Landry would be a great pick for you. Your fantasy team this week and that is my 
Okay, well, I've got a few games buzzing around in my head at the moment as to where to go with this one, but I think I've settled on it. I'm going to go with another massive... And that is Indianapolis over New York Jets. I know it's Monday night football. I know the bright lights normally mean everyone plays better and raises their game. But for me, this is going to be a total blowout with a point to prove by the Colts. I'm going 70-30. Again, you're looking at upwards of 17, 20 points, I think, for the Colts to beat the Jets. Just destroy them on national TV. Andrew Luck's going to throw at least four or five touchdowns. At least that's what I'm hoping for my fantasy team anyway. But I see this one being a big win for the Colts. Spanhead Productions are a small independent sound recording company based in rural Hertfordshire. We specialise in creating content for all your podcasting needs, whether it be field recordings, fox pops, or capturing the atmosphere during social events. Editing is a very time-consuming job, so Spanhead Productions are on hand to take away some of the burden for you. Just advise us on how you'd like your content to sound, and we will do the rest. We can even help you design and manage a website for your podcast too. Visit us now, spanheadproductions.com. Weebly.com. That's spamheadproductions.weebly.com. Okay, well, that wraps it up from us for the week one action. Marcus, as always, my good man, it's been a real pleasure getting back on the spitball train with you. Oh, football is back so good. Uh, yeah, definitely sit there. You miss it at your life. So, yeah, I'm so happy to be spitballing again. Yeah, man, it's absolutely great to have you back on the show, be chatting football. Now, for all of you newbies or rookies out there, we do have an updated Football 101 section on our website. You'll find the basic lessons on there at the moment. Later on in the year, you will also see intermediate and advanced lessons just breaking down key areas of the game and key positions, giving you an insight into what they do. It's exactly what it says on the tin, essentially. It's a basic lesson into all the parts of American football. Hopefully you enjoy it. Hopefully it'll be useful. Also, I want to give a shout-out to our friends of the ball hawk section on the website especially as we have a new entry on there and it's one of the lfl players katie whelan uh, has her own blog strength is beauty by katie.wordpress.com strongly recommend you go and check that out give it a read see what you think uh, great insight into the world of the lfl from a player's perspective marcus yeah absolutely you've got i mean a lot of people create an opinion before they even know about them Go talk to some of them. You know, these girls don't bite. Indeed. And don't forget, we are downloadable on iTunes and our more recent shows are rebroadcast on the Awake Radio Network. If you want to get in touch with us, remember... Hey guys, if you want to get a hold of Audrey or Marcus, send them an email at ballhawksnest at gmail.com. And until next time, football fans, stay safe, take care, and thanks for stopping by.